new. That's recording. It's recording. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Here to Listen podcast. Today it's myself opening up. It's Max. I've got Leon. Yo, yo. We got Jack. Yo. And we've got Adam. And hello. Oh, sorry, I didn't let you say hello, Adam. See, it is new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we do normally open up, and Adam says how excited we are to be back in the room, and we always tell you how it is. And once again, walking into the podcast room. We're today, very excited. Very excited. <laughs> Why are we excited, lads? Why are we excited today? We've got new sofas. we got new sofas. You are not able to see it at the moment, but visuals will be coming fairly shortly. I believe we have a camcorder. Camcorder. Three is green that, screens. Is it even called That sounded cam- like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> is it called it? It's not, is it? They don't even call them cameras. Video camera? No, Video that's camera? even worse. That's the 90s. That's- <laughs> nah, do you know what? I think I camera. typed in camcorder. All right, I so there we go. There we go. We have got visual equipment, I'm going to say. We've got a camera turn. And mic stands. Mic stands. Green screen. Green screen. Lights. I reckon within the next two episodes, you will get to see us in our true form, um, which we are really looking forward to. Um, don't hold us to that. But yeah, don't, Maybe not please, to. please don't hold yeah, us to that. There might be some social distancing restrictions as well, but you know, we'll figure those out too. But we're not breaching those restrictions at the moment, Absolutely are we? Absolutely not. No, I think we've got at least metre and a half, two metres mm-hmm. apart. Yeah, I can see Adam over the back there, yeah. yeah. I can see in the Max, corner. I can't even see you. <laughs> <laughs> right, so lads, what's, what's, what's occurring today? What are we talking about today? I think we... Well... So I thought we was going to go through some like home ownership or housing stuff and being average living wages maybe and stuff like that and to talk about 100%. realities. And I think we should take it from the beginning Yeah, and take it from not from our perspective as such, but maybe from a young person's perspective, say a younger person than we are, mm-hmm. potentially the ages that we work with leading up to the ones that we recruit for staff because those sort of ages are potentially looking to maybe move out yeah. and all that sort of uh, stuff. And Sorry, Matt. If we're going to look at their perspective, can you remember when you were 16, what you thought your life would be like when you were 25? I was in my first flat at 17. Impressive. I couldn't have dreamed that. (laughs) When I look back, that scares me. Just saying that Mm. now, I think, oh, my days. Especially because we work with 16, 17-year-olds, and I think, why the hell did my mum and dad think it was okay for me to be (laughs) on my own? (laughs) What's going on? Was I that bad that they just wanted to get rid of me? And I think it's a bit of both, to be fair. I think it was a bit of both. But I did move back after three years. That was crazy. What about, did you think? You think you had your, you would have had your life together by like twenty five, thirty, like ev- like you'd have your house, your car, everything. I would like to say right here, right now, that I still haven't got my life fully no, together. No, no, me neither, mate. But I never in a million years would have expected to be in the position I'm in, in the house that I'm in, with the job that I've got. And the stuff that we do. If you'd have asked me five years ago, I'd have literally laughed in your face, like yeah. and said, "You're mad." I'm going to be mucking this stuff up the walls <laughs> for the rest of my walls. life. <laughs> I used to be a plasterer, for those that don't know. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. But no, the reason I thought about taking it from a young person's perspective is simply because I see something on Question Time and it was saying about how this is basically a lost generation. You look at what young people, not just young people, we don't, it's not just young people that have lost out during this pandemic, but look at just if we're talking from, uh, about the young people at the moment, they've lost out on all that education or they're losing out on all this education which is then in turn going to affect their employability. So it's going to make it even harder because we all know at this time before this happened, it was hard to one, get on the property ladder 
um, and to afford privately renting and all that sort of stuff. How is this going to affect that? This is going to be such an impact, surely, of, of what well, they are going to be able to achieve in the future. Well, during lockdown, I also watched the news and, um, oh, everyone watched the news anyway. But I don't watch the news. I, I don't really. Um, <laughs> well, when it was bad, everyone was watching the news. Um, well, I was anyway, quite a lot. And um, there was this uh, article that came up and it was saying, that I think like 20% of 28 to 32 year olds still live at home with their parents. And I was one of those <laughs> until recently. And that's just like, I suppose, another sign of the times yeah. and how like expensive everything's getting. Um, I think that's going to be the way forward for a, for a fair few. It's hard, though, because you could either choose, like, so I'm 21 years old, I could choose to rent and I could comfortably afford renting a place. But then do I really want to rent a place and then sacrifice being able to save money monthly to then eventually be able to get a mortgage on a house? And it's like a decision that you've got to make. Like, do you want to move out? Or do you want to be able to sort of like... How much do you want future? your freedom? Yeah, yeah, it is. Or how bad is it at home? Like, how bad yeah. do you need to get out? Yeah. For me, it's not bad at all. So I'm stuck. Wait, not bad thing. How old was you, Adam, when you first... I think I was out? about 25. Definitely a late bloomer. Maybe the sort of earliest generation of the stay at home for probably more than you should kind of age. And But that was not unusual with friends of mine. Um, I had stepped out a little bit by uh, lodging. So I did lodging like for a couple of years, I think. Um, and then that didn't work out. And I was well gutted because it meant I had to move back with my mum. And that felt like such a massive back step because I've, I've, I'm keen on evolution. I'm keen on like progressing forward all the time. But what softened the blow a bit was I must have walked into where I worked at the time and they had something called a key home scheme. They noticed the glum face and said, oh, you should try this kind of key home scheme. And those that don't know, it's a shared ownership system where you buy sort of, uh, you get a mortgage on like half the property. Is that what you got, Leon? Yeah. 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 And you yeah. get you pay rent on the other. And in the early days, I thought, hang on a minute, what, own like half my house? Is there like a line drawn down <laughs> the middle of it sort of thing? But, <laughs> but no, it's like, yeah, you, you pay one and then the rent on the other. And it was the only option for me as a single person at the time. I think a lot of my mates were only considering like moving in with other mates and all the problems that that might cause as well. So it was attractive and it, it worked out financially like really well there's no and i'm still like in the same property i absolutely love where i live at the moment um it, it, and that's an option i don't know what kind of options there are at the moment for that like it used to be only available for key workers as they call it and key workers was a kind of broad term for like somewhat linked to government so at the time i worked within the prison service so there was nurses and doctors and all that sort of stuff that had access to it so it seems leon i know you're a newcomer to this that you don't necessarily need to be perhaps which sounds like an evolution in itself yeah well i think that I'd say they're quite common now, especially. It's loads, isn't there? There's so many different different ones out there. There's flats, houses, all around the villages that I live in. Bedfordshire, they're popping up all over the place. What's your percentage, if you don't mind me asking? 40%. 40, okay, yeah. So I was 50-50. And I remember at the time where I got that, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'll keep buying, like, shares in the property over time. You know, 11 years later, I haven't, because you just don't have (laughs) expendable income. And I think that the times where you might have a bit of cash, you'll probably, oh, I need a new car now, that kind of thing. It just, it never became that initial dream. And and the financial implications of, like, if I buy a couple of percent more, how much difference is that going to make to my monthly payments Mm. was so minimal, it didn't seem worth it. So. What would you do, though, if you come home one day and you've got 50-50 thing going on, you come home and you realise that the upstairs has been co- converted into two flats, they put a front door at the top of the stairs and said, <laughs> well, technically, mate, we own half this house. So you've got the downstairs, <laughs> we've got the upstairs. <laughs> like, what's the legal rights for that? Because you don't own half the house. Yeah, and, and you're 40, so you've got 40%. 
Yeah. Is there anything like that they can just get you out whenever they want you out, sort of thing, just because they own I more? Think, no, I, no, don't, I don't think, think so. so. So I think he hopes not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't read I, the fine print, did you, Leon? I read the full fine print. <laughs> <laughs> See, Adam did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he reads his bloody car manual. Of course, he read the full print. <laughs> I had to. I kind of just had to educate myself. I mean, that is something that I found quite intimidating is here's something I'm about to do that I've got no experience in. I haven't done like a course on it or anything like that and negotiating your way around things like stamp duty. And I just found myself quite liking the fact that a lot of my interactions were with people that I could ask those questions because in their own jobs, they just reel off information. It's just and it's like, hang on a minute. That was well fast. I need to just yeah. back you up. And I don't know this. Well. I don't know that. Yeah. And they were very responsive. Ultimately, they want your money, of course, the bank people. But um, that that I had like high value and I've like re uh, was it I wouldn't say remortgage, but like, you know, you kind of the rate that you have for your mortgage, you can like renegotiate that at a later date. And I did that recently. So those kind of things are quite nice when you like save a few quid a month because you've, you've modified the mortgage that you've got as well. So um, but it's something you just forget about after a while. You just this outgoings and all that. Yeah, Adam, when, sorry, uh, when, he's, when he's talking about that stamp duty and stuff like that, because the scheme that I was on uh, for first time buyers, you now don't have to pay stamp duty. Huh. Um, and I had also had uh, quite a lot of savings and it helped to buy ISA. Okay. So then that eliminated, that basically paid for all my solicitor's fees as well. Nice. So it just made it a lot easier for me. That's yeah. the stuff people don't realise, the extra costs, like the yeah, so fees and stuff. How much was that, Leon? So that, that probably would have saved me another three or four grand on top of like the deposit I had for the share. Yeah, that's what I mean. That sounded like you were planning quite far ahead of the buying then, because that sounded like, like, I've got this thing and I've got that thing. And how, for the, the listeners, you know, how did you go about doing that? What, what? Uh, that's a good question. So you can't do I, it I, anymore. I was actually watching uh, a podcast. <laughs> uh, it must have been about four years ago, three, four years ago. And they had a finance guy in there um, with him. The guy was just basically questioning the finance guy to help give other people better advice on how to deal with their money. And he was just sort of talking about like how like you need to know how much you've got coming in and how much you've got going out and how much you're going to have left over to spend on your food. And cash stuff flow. Like that. Stuff. Yeah, cash flow and how much you can put away. And then it was just like, if you're not putting money into the account that I was putting in, I think it's finished now, but um, they're still working up until 2030. If you put £200 in, the government give you £50 towards your uh, solicitor fees. So like over f three or four years I did that, I just put £200 in every month, didn't take any money out of it, and it built up quite nicely. And then nice. that covered all my solicitor's fees. So, But yeah, that account, unfortunately, I don't think it's available anymore, but I think that ran out last year at some point. I still got one. Yeah, I made Jack get one. Cause, uh, didn't tell me, me about it though, did you? <laughs> That's what hey. I mean. I've had that account for what? Well, your brother should have told you about it, mate. Uh, yeah. he'd already, he's already living in the house. He's done. <laughs> the thing is, on that, I've, I've, I wasted, like, listening to you boys, you've got percentages in, in, in property. I haven't at the moment. But what I have got, I've got a lifetime tenancy with a council. I've been fortunate enough to get on the council list. Um, and I've, you know, the rent's like nine, it's about 890 quid, just under 900 quid a month. I, think I worked it out somewhere. It's about 10, it works out about 10 grand or something a year, which I'm never going to own that. But then I've got a lifetime tenancy. So when I said to Grand Union, big up Grand Union, used to be arrogant, it's Grand yep. Union now, yeah. Yeah, a lifetime tenancy is basically, that's ours for life. Like we've been with the council now for maybe nine years, maybe a bit longer actually thinking about it. But yeah, we've got ourselves what's called on the contract a lifetime tenancy. I was thinking, Max, like that's rent, right? That's rent. So how do you feel about the argument that often 
got put to me when I was thinking about buying was if you're renting, you're throwing money well, this away. Is it. This, like, this is how, where, I where, how do you, that. yeah, before I got on the council, before I got offered, so I only got offered that lifetime tenancy when I got the keys to the new, pla new place, which we moved into nine months ago. Um, so we was just renting and that's, that did used to get me. I used to say to people, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about it. Chucking money away, rah, rah, rah. But if you look at, say, 17 when I first moved out, I was renting privately. That weren't through council. I remember paying 480 quid a month. That's for a one-bedroom. <laughs> for those of you that know Biggles well, you know the car wash? Yes, yeah, I remember that by Edward I lived above there, right? It was amazing. <laughs> like, it woke up every morning from the jets, jet washers. <laughs> like, literally, it was awful. 480. It was there for about two years. I then got a two-bed that was opposite Stratton School. Yeah, pretty much opposite Stratton School, um, and that was upstairs. Had no garden, nothing. That was seven hundred quid. I was paying seven hundred and fifty quid a month to some guy to rent two bedrooms. The, the smallest bedroom you could fit a table and a chair in it. It was tiny. You had no garden, like I say. I then got on the council. Um, I was very fortunate for that. Yeah, the, the price that I pay and the support and the stability—is it stability? Mm. I feel being with the council, for example, people look down on the council and that sort of stuff. That doesn't bother me in the slightest because if something does go wrong with the boiler or with something else and it's something that the council have put in, mm -hmm. that gets replaced. In the past, that saved me six grand. On my last property that I was living at, the boiler went, we found out it was a combi boiler that they put in there, a £3,000 boiler. And then at the new place when we moved in, we noticed that it's fairly new. It's quite a modern build. I think it's about three years old. And I'm not joking. Like, again, all the stuff that's in there, someone would have had to buy. Do you know what I mean? And especially if it goes wrong. I know it sounds wrong and some people probably moan about this. It's a huge expense, though. I'm terrified of mine going. But this is the thing. I've, I've, I don't need to worry about it, Adam. Mm. Unless I put a hole in it through some schoolboy error. But I don't know how that would happen. But if I broke it myself, I'd have to pay for it. But if it breaks through fault of its own or the, the gas man come around two days ago um he did not care about social distancing he had no mask i was literally quiet from in the sense that he just bowled in started checking around the boiler and all this sort of stuff I had a good chat with him um but yeah he was just like honestly like these boilers they're the best that you can get and nice. i'm like no way and he's like yeah he goes i've got this in my own house and i'm like no way i'm sitting there like yeah. <laughs> but we've been good tenants i don't know whether that's how you get the lifetime tenancy i don't but know why they offer it with the council if you Let's say you lost your job and you couldn't pay the rent. What I, would happen? I would pretty much be covered. Yeah. Which again, that is another people bit. will be looking at me on listening right now going, you get, how have you got that? But actually, it's just, it is how it is. That's, that's, that's what it is. And also, I don't know if we get it on the new property. When we was on the old one, when it got to a certain time of the year, if you paid your rent every single month and never went into arrears, you get the Christmas period free. No I don't think it's the same at the place we're at because we, are, although we're still under Grand Union, I don't know. I think Sarah said it might be different, but that was crazy. <coughs> Just stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that is good. good. That is good. Yeah, that's good. Leon, what made you not go with rent? Um, because well, I suppose after sort of explaining a bit about my situation, sort of what's happening. So I was living in at my stepdad's quite comfortably. Um, but same again with Max. Then I probably didn't have the freedoms as Max did. Just to sort of do it once. So I suppose living under. His roof for my two sisters. Although that is sort of that four bedroom house, that's kind of big enough for me and my sisters and everyone to sort of have our own space. Um, but yeah, girlfriend got pregnant. Um, so luckily I had been saving, but it sort of just rushed us along. So we was looking at renting, and when we was looking at renting, it come it was coming up the same prices as the shared ownership. But at the time, I just put your mic on the mic. Oh, sorry. At yeah. the time, um, 
yeah, I think it's quite a confidence thing when you're going through like mortgage stuff like that for the first time as well because you don't actually know what you can afford mm. and it's quite scary. It's a gamble, it's a leap, yeah. I found. And you're going into a world where people are probably talking about big numbers, which I, I don't, that might scare me. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, like, so it was just more about finding out. And then once we'd sort of took that step and made that phone call and sort of spoke to someone and they explained how it works and stuff like that, Turned out you didn't actually need that bigger deposit, but what is a big deposit? I suppose, yeah, um, yeah. What is a big deposit? Well, how about how d- how was you feeling though, Leon? Because you literally had all this going on just before lockdown hit, pretty much, didn't it? Yeah. It, how was you in your head? I would have been freaking out. Yeah. So how was you? My thoughts were: we need to get this done whilst we've got both salaries, so we're more likely to get accepted for the mortgage <laughs> before Kareen had the baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's mad. I would have been going, I need to get out. I don't want to be doing this. And the only reason... So, so the other option is, because we weren't on council lift, so we could have waited until 30 weeks, which would have been now, mm-hmm. around now, for her to then <coughs> get a house. But then I don't... It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Like, I remember, oh, just, it took me back. I completely forgot this. I'd done what you'd done. I had everything ready. This wasn't with Sarah. This was with my ex before Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Many years ago. We had the, we was at the estate agents in Shefford. We sat there and we had this big red folder. This was the scary, isn't it? Visit. Like when you're talking about Mate, these numbers, you know, yeah. We, we, we left there. This is how scary it could have been, right? We left there with this folder. All we had to do was sign it. But for some reason, because it was so scary and we didn't understand half the stuff this guy was saying, I was plastering at the time. I was also at college getting the trade, um, but I was also working in the background as well, obviously, whilst I was learning uh, plastering. We left there with this folder to sign. And I'm not joking, if we'd have just went home, signed it, and then brought it back, I'd have literally been screwed. We left it about a week because we wanted my dad to look for it. Yeah. My ex wanted her dad to look for it. We wanted our parents to just skim through just to make sure we was doing the right thing. This is when the recession hit. This must have been... 2008 Yeah, that was... Later than that, I believe. Really? Uh, no, the housing, I think the housing crisis was a little bit after that, wasn't it? No, before. There was one before. You're talking oh, okay. about three years before because Mason was born in, in 08. Um, okay, so it's it it about three years before that. The first, it was massive. But basically, for those that are self-employed, you'd, under, you'd you'd know exactly what I'm talking about if you're around the age that I am or older. Um, but literally, there was no work for about three months. There was nothing, no no plastering, no building work going on. Recession hit. I had no money coming in. If I would have signed that folder, I would have literally been screwed. That mm. I'd probably got the house taken off me before I'd even got it. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. How how scary is that? And that's what made me think, do you know what? It's unpredictable. I'm one of these people, I do not want ties to this country, not because I've got anything against it. I don't want ties in any country. I don't want to have a property, unless I'm a millionaire and I can have five of them that I can just, and I've got someone that could just sort out bits for me. Do you know what I mean? But I don't want to be tied down. I want to be able to travel. When the kids get to a certain age, I want to be able to know that I can move out and go travelling for two years, three years, and live in a motorhome or something, rather yeah, than yeah. have something. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. don't want to be tied down to anything. And the beauty of what you said, like if, if I go out of work and stuff, that's something that I'm just going to hold on to because that is stability for me. And I know if the worst case scenario, obviously I'd get another job and I wouldn't rely on the government to pay my, my bills, but I know that I've got a little stepping stone, a little bit of breathing time to look yeah. for another job. Without and you're not going to lose the house. Yeah. 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 How nice is that? But you could have waited, Leon. You said you was about to go on the council, or you could have potentially went on the council. It sounds like I've got the perfect house and all this sort of stuff. I have now, but we had eight years in a two-bed masonette ground floor flat yeah. with two young children, and I put up with a neighbour from hell for two years. Well, but 
this is also sorry Max on, no, this no. is also the thing so like for me I was I was quite happy to, to move anywhere mm. and just like like oh just see, see what happens see what we get uh, but Kareem was like <laughs> <laughs> this is Kareem that won't won't take the 170 pound table set but wants the 430 pound <laughs> table set and, and I can vouch I've sat on both I've sat on both and they are no different Kareem <laughs> no different <laughs> it's just a price tag <laughs> so for her, it was, a, it was a fear of um, the fear of not having a choice where you put. Yeah, and um, that's big. For making you, a sound like snob, but it was more no, the no, fear. No, 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 it it's not snobbish, fear. Leon. It's um, not snobbish at all. The thing is, the only reason we didn't go down that road because we had no choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we needed somewhere. So our first 100%. place, going back nine years, I got placed in Hampton. They tried putting us in Dunstable, um, but Sarah didn't drive, and obviously we've grown up here. The kids, we both had work here, but then we got the keys to the place in Potton. We we literally moved into that place. You've both been there. You've seen yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. What it was, it <laughs> suits it. young people, old people, because it's ground floor. It had a lovely big back garden, big solid walls, huge living room, huge what main bedroom, and a smallish second bedroom. But it was a ground floor masonette, mm. so there's no privacy. There's no space really. We said we was only going to live there, Adam, for two two years max. Mm. Nine years later, yeah, I've been we, we, we was yeah. there. But the thing is, we got so comfortable. It weren't until we got our new place, we, we then realised that what we've got in our new house, we was living in just the ground floor. Mm. Our yeah. ground floor of our new house is the size of the flat that we spent eight years in with two young kids, and they were sharing a bedroom. So it got to the point where legally they weren't allowed to share a room, but they were still sharing a room illegally. Mm for a year and a half because there was nothing available. Mm. So we still had to wait because of the shortage of houses and <coughs> stuff that's available locally. I just want to, um, I do want to tap into the neighbour from hell thing, but before oh, I get, but if you want to, but, but, but before I get to that, I just wanted to bring Jack in. Cause I remember maybe two months ago, you were quite enthusiastically talking about getting a place of your, of your own. I think you had almost like picked one out and I wondered what kind of stage, but you're also, part of the group here is someone who hasn't got a property at the moment yes. I'm kind of wondering what it's like from your perspective um or a tent yeah I've got a, <laughs> I've got a tent <laughs> it's got a lot of burner I know you want to travel as well so yeah so the, the flat you know me Adam I'm like my mum mm. idea to idea <laughs> um but moving out just it is something that I've always wanted to do and like because I've been working for five years now like I actually have got some cash ready to sort of go on a house but finding the right one and like you say like going there and and making that decision to actually put the money that you've saved down mm. on this house and committing to that for the next 20 years well it's not 20 it's not, years but yeah, in the contract it says that doesn't it like mm. it's quite a big thing so i've decided that moving out is not for me not not yet mm -hmm. i do want to go do a bit a little bit of traveling with no tires like you say um and then maybe when i come back hopefully you know after this virus you know hopefully for me anyway Housing price gone down a little bit. Mm. I might have to sneak up a little, little cheeky flat. Mm -hmm. Do you think that'll happen? I think it will. I think it'll go it's down. It's got to, hasn't it? Well, the housing yeah. price has yeah. to. I don't yeah. think it will. No, but, but, think? But, no, but think of the current situation. We're, we're talking about this lost generation, the young people. How it's going to affect their education, their employability. Therefore, the, the, the chances of actually getting the money to buy it. They've got to look at all that. Also, they've got to look at the economy and how much impact this has had on, on just, just everything. We was talking about it. We've spoke to people, right, that have in businesses. It may go down a little bit, but from far as I'm aware, we're in housing shortage in the UK. Everywhere. Yeah. It's so everywhere. Like they're, they're building everywhere. Like apparently we won't yeah, catch yeah. up to 2050. That's what I mean. We are built. Oh, really? Really? Jeez. 
I don't know how true this is, but they reckon right. they have to build seven million, 17 million houses in China alone just to accommodate the growth of population. Is that is that something that sounds on? That sound that doesn't sound too far fetched, really. Seventeen they million. A, they did put a ban on having more than one kid. Yeah. So. yeah. I and just it, wonder, like, with the amount of deaths that we're experiencing with the virus at the minute, cynically, there might I be was some think properties that. available. But, but not just mm. that, like. Less people are going to be buying houses because they're less financially yeah. stable, which means there's going to be a build-up of houses that aren't selling. Yeah. So then it'll get to a point where... All I'm saying is... I know someone that had a house in sale. Sorry, sorry, Max. Go on. Do So I've got a friend that's uh, selling a house in the town not too far from here. And he he tried to sell it three times oh, within, within the last month. And he's had a buyer three times within the last month. So the first one just fell through. Second one, they wanted to buy it, but... Um, they found out who his neighbour was and didn't want to move. They didn't want to move there. Neighbour from hell. And so all within a month, they had three applications of people that wanted to buy the house for full price. Mm. And that is directly after. Yeah, but. Still in lockdown. Well, if they tried to sell it before lockdown? Uh, no, they put it up for sale during lockdown. And it still sold for full price. Yeah. You're not, you, you'll always get people buying. Yeah. No matter what time of the year, what's going on, because there's people that have got money. I was, that's what I was about to say. If it does drop, which I do believe it will, it's going to have to. They're going to have to do something. They might not drop, but they might do more schemes, but more, yeah. be, more better schemes, mm. more incentives and stuff. So the housing, when you say it has to drop, like the housing market, like it's individuals that are in control of it. It's not like one person or one group of people that are in control of it because... You can decide how much uh, you sell. What, your happens, what, what happens when one person or two people, then three people start dropping? We are sheep, Leon. We know this. We've talked yeah, about yeah. it before. Everyone will start doing it because if they don't, their properties won't be selling. There's always cheaper areas to buy. This is this this is not a new thing that it drops. It'll crash for, a, for the simple reason that if it doesn't, it's going to mess up the whole of the economy. And going back 15, 20 years, I don't know this guy on a personal, personal level other than a family friend, but there's a couple of people my dad knows, my uncle being one of them actually. When this sort of thing happened about... I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. It might have might been be the recession. Yeah. They bought 10, 15 properties. They took a gamble. They went out a bit like Trump did when it happened way back in the day. And they just bought up loads of buildings. Minted now. They are absolutely minted because they just see an opportunity. Like, what? It, how nice it'd be to have that money in the bank where you go. Or have the opportunity to borrow that much money. Because I think a lot of them borrowed it. So they took a massive... Someone to gamble earlier. It's all a gamble. Yeah. If yeah, you're willing to take that gamble, yeah. It's not really though. Can like, be. It, like Can you might be. you might buy it for like two hundred grand, yeah. Three years later it's worth 180 and you're like, I've lost twenty grand. But again, you could just wait another ten years if you got that time and it will go up. Like it was always going up. Someone said to me about eight years ago, the guy I used to plaster with, he used to say to me, Max, if you've got property, you've got gold. It's like you look at what people used to look at as treasures and stuff like that, he goes Property is never going to lose. It may differ, it may go down, they may have crashes, mm. but you will always make money from it. I believe it. that. Yeah, yeah. No, and I he said that, that 10 years ago, and he ain't wrong. Yeah, I, beca wrong. I became acutely aware of how much my flat is worth at the moment, and um, because I've got a lot of younger friends because of the hobbies I'm into, I witnessed a lot of them house hunting who had lived in Milton Keynes. I live in Milton Keynes. Could not live in Milton Keynes. They, the, the prices were just too high. And there's a sense, I feel a little bit privileged to be in Milton Keynes, this kind of quite sought after, quite kind of um, affluent area from a housing point of view. I know it's got its problems as well. It's not perfect. But it, I, there's a, it's, it suits me so well. I can't convey how well this place suits me. Right? <laughs> if I was, and I'm in a flat, so... The expectation perhaps is that you move on to like house, that kind of thing, you know, and I, I can't see that as an option, you know, although my frat 
flat has increased in value, if I was to buy a property in Milton Keynes, it wouldn't be enough for me to continue mm. to live in Milton Keynes because of the how high the prices are. So all my mates have moved out of... So imagine like growing up in an area and you kind of expect to probably be there and then actually you can't afford to be there. So you've got to move out of that area. So he's like moved to Bedford and so on. And actually, if you just go slightly north, it gets a lot cheaper, which is a few other people have done. Yeah, I can agree with that. So I grew up in Hertfordshire, so Letrith, and I can count about five friends that have all moved to like Biggleswade, Shefford, Sandy, St. Neots, all because of like cheap for housing prices. Mm. So like my sort of old friendship group is sort of moving we're all sort of moving in the same direction. It's do, you a bit know, weird. do you know the pattern of it though? Like because obviously it gets cheaper. That certainly it's. I believe uh, from what I further know away from London, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The furthest you are away from London, the cheaper mm. it is, isn't it? Because mm. certainly it's is uh, so much cheaper than Biggleswade, and it's like why? Why is it cheaper to buy? Yeah. One of my mates, one of uh, Steph's brother, um, yeah. he moved there. And I remember having a chat with him. He's like, it's honestly the prices are so much cheaper than anywhere else around here. It's crazy. Yeah. But then you look at it, and it is for that reason that it's an extra ten minutes away from <laughs> it's like what? Mm. That's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And I suppose about that train Keynes, line. That's why Milton Keynes is probably so expensive to live because of how convenient that area is whether they're commuters and yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's just and you also get robots that deliver your food. Yeah. They are becoming quite common. I've yeah. seen yeah. them I saw often. The other day, the little yeah. white boxes driving yeah. down the road. I actually, I, I, I was out on my bike and I literally stopped because one had approached another and I was like, what's going to go on here? Like, <laughs> and they sat there like almost like a Mexican standoff with like, little <laughs> wheeled robots. <laughs> or they were having a conversation. I was like, just, yeah, yeah, just like running the algorithms of like, this is a problem. How right, do we get right, to the solution? Right. Like, number two, number two, there's a guy on a bike Coming behind <laughs> us. It could potentially be a robber, so yeah. just get ready. Get well, ready. Apparently, <laughs> if you approach him, they start talking shit. It's like, please step away from the vehicle. I haven't <laughs> had that yet, but I've, I've seen people like wanting to test them, like, because we're all quite fascinated. Like, what happens if? What happens if? It's like getting a puppy, or like, what happens if I do this or that? Um, I don't know why I use the analogy puppy. <laughs> um, but yeah, with the robots, they you know they just potter about. It's a little bit like a part of the landscape now. I'm yeah, slightly more Adam, used back to than to I upgrade, used to be. They're everywhere. And the drones, <laughs> that, that is the future, is it not? Is Max it has got obsessed with for, upgrades. for those yeah. that are listening with Anyone this new movie. Anyone that hasn't seen it, watch Upgrade, because I'm telling <laughs> you now, the future is near. The future is Upgrade. It's happening. I'm t- the, I can see it. Maybe five, ten years. Bit of context, Max. What, what is it about? Don't need to. Just watch no? it. No. All right. Yeah, it's in binge watch box set. It's just futuristic. <laughs> it's based, I don't know what year it's based in, but it's definitely based in the future. And it's all to do with a microchip called STEM that's implanted into a body to control the body and make the body more advanced. So, for example, a paraplegic could end up using the, his legs and arms and stuff. <laughs> Why did you point towards Leon when you said that? No, because oh. he's going, he's doing this. Oh, I was looking at that. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were referencing bad. those we'll horrific accidents yeah. yeah. last, last year. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. 32 minutes. Yeah. So, right. I, do you know what? I oh. thought it was longer than 32 minutes because I looked at my phone and it's like 45, but I know we didn't hit record. But yeah, I, don't, I think we just carry on. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, yeah. No, so basically, yeah, it, it's it's genetically formed to Im- to empower the body in a better, create a better ver- human body, which ends up backfiring and becoming a bit of a nuisance and taking over the body fully. It's very scary to think that that could potentially happen. And I do certainly believe that is potentially, will be the near future, something along those lines, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the drones and the, the robots that are in that movie, they're everywhere. And you look at the skyline and it's just drone, 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 drone. You are under surveillance 24 hours a day. There is no... China, for example, at this current time, there's people walking around in China that will not take off the sunglasses and face masks. Why? Because the surveillance and mm. stuff and the 
whatever they call it. That's what they're trying to put in Hong Kong, isn't it? Is that, yeah, that's Hong why they're having all yeah. their protests. That's it. That's that's going on now, and that's that was on upgrade. Like obviously, that's part of that. You can't go anywhere, and we're we're pretty much under Big Brother the eye. Anyway, your your tinfoil hat's a bit wonky, mate. <laughs> right? um, put it on. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> so back to the housing market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, should we talk about some numbers? Should we talk about so some yeah, numbers? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, wanted, well, actually, I wanted mm. the the best one I wanted you to come out with, Leon. Yeah. Was the average income a year, oh, yeah. and so, also so so before this conversation, we just did a bit of googling. Google. Just to find out some facts that we think that might help us with uh, the conversation. So we sort of found out that the average earnings is 29,000, like 29,500, like 29 mm-hmm. uh, that's per year. Um, so we were just like sort of talking about that and then to get a mortgage, it's normally roughly around four times that. That's how much you'd sort of get accepted, sort of credit sort of wise for. Um, so it was just, I don't know, yeah. All right, so... so so what's that? So four times, let's say thirty grand. So that's hundred and twenty grand yep. that you can probably get accepted for. Plus you've got to put a deposit down. So ten, eleven. So yeah. So then let's say, what house yep. in our area can you buy for hundred and twenty grand? You can't. Not a lot. It's flat. Yeah, you yeah. get you get a flat. A very small flat. Yeah, very small flat, and a two bed flat probably averaging around one hundred and eighty to two hundred grand in it. Yeah. I'd say between one fifty maybe. If for like the lower budget ones. Yeah. yeah. So that so let's say like you want to move out of a friend, that's that's probably a little bit more feasible because you can take hundred grand each. Yeah, yeah. So that's possible. But if you're like single parent, need to move out, you need a bedroom for your kid, how are you meant to afford that? Man, I don't want to say it's impossible. But it's very close. It's <laughs> because obviously if you've got a dependent but like for, like if you if you are like with a partner or some of that, but same again. Like, I don't know many friends that have managed to buy their own house yeah. without <coughs> help, yeah. which is fine. Like, can't knock them for it because if they've got a parent, if I had enough money to help my son or it daughter works, when yeah, I'm older, yeah, I will 100% help them. Um, but it does allow them to be able to get different houses and stuff. That, that's what I mean. All you need is that stepping stone. You, you like, you you could afford the monthly payments on your own. Yeah. But you can't afford to do it because your wage isn't enough mm. almost. Yeah, yeah. So can. so like you can actually afford it, but they're telling you that you can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One weird. of the things that I was most terrified about is yes, I can afford to pay my mortgage, but I can do nothing else with my life for twenty years. You know, that was the kind of feeling that I yeah, was I getting to. Feeling, yeah. Where it was like, hang on a minute, I've just worked out my monthlies, you're like, all my bills, blah, 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 and it doesn't leave me with much at all. And I've with the shared ownership property it did allow for that it allowed me to have like like my outgoings and I'm happy to say this is about 500 quid a month that is for the rent which is about half roughly and then the mortgage is about half so that's that's you know so with you know times that I've earned money it's always been a proportion of that probably about half let's say so I have other I can spend I I wouldn't be too like frivolous with the money you know I'm very conscious of it and there's been times where I've been out of work where I've been terrified and all that and um but yeah that's that's what I wonder I wonder what the mindset of young people are about a property I wonder if it's like a pie in the sky kind of thing something that just seems so far away like there's no way it's intimidating you know are they being forced into the only possibility of being like rented accommodation through the council yeah. you know that kind of stuff well for me <coughs> if, if you'd asked me that question at 20 maybe 24 i'd have been like yes yeah, it's, it's impossible it's never happening uh mum probably just got divorced around then so i was like it's just not happening basically um I'd say divorce, there's, divorce, a, there's a sense of like you've resided yourself to 
that it, it as a possibility. Like you just accept it almost. Yeah, yeah. sort of like because I always sort of lived at home. It was sort of at that point I sort of realised, unless I do something myself, like will I ever have like maybe because I can sort of sometimes look at a mortgage as like a nest egg. Like so, worst comes to the worst. If you had to set up everything, you've got like a little mm. little bit of money behind it. Investment, sort of, yeah. Um, so, so, so not if almost like a savings account that you have to pay extra interest into each month. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Some people look at it like a, a pension almost because they know that by the time yeah, they get yeah. to that point where they retire, they're going to sell up and get a smaller place. Mm, so the yeah. money they'll make from that is like a comfy little, I've just got 60 grand or 30 grand in the yeah. bank because that's the sort of money you can make from property. Like it's not just lovely. pennies. Mm. You're talking 20s, 30s, 40s, 40 grands. Like yeah. literally for my brother, Ben, our older brother literally made off the house that they bought and he got a good deal because he bought it off my dad our old family home <laughs> he got like 20 grand off or something but within two years him and his mate and this is what i was going to come on to next because someone mentioned it earlier about moving in with your mates but they went in joint together oh, yes, um, and they made like 60 grand in a year or two years on that property it literally jumped up massively it's huge but how long did their friendship last for a year literally they, they was at each other's throats so is anyone here opted or thought about moving in with their friends has did. anyone done it or does anyone know anyone that's done it because i do and not <coughs> one case has come out good <laughs> I, I nearly did and like um in the early days before i lodged i was going to move in with my mate scott uh we looked at properties in hemel hempstead and i had this like real epiphany as i was in the town center and we were looking around i was aware of um Neck curtains sort of billowing out some of the cheap flats that sat above shops. There was a, a guy walking around behind a young girl with his trousers undone. There was somebody else that was coughing up like phlegm onto the floor. And the, this was around the area we with, could only afford to kind of get. And like it, it, it was such an epiphany in the sense of don't do this. And I'm not necessarily a fatalist, but I know that would have never worked out because he lives in New Zealand now. So things would have... I would, you know, changed anyway. So I'm like really glad that I didn't run with that. But yeah, I, I know a bunch of people that this is the negotiation that's needed. I think when you live with someone, that is the challenge that stretches any friendship. I think yeah, it'll test any friendship. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but I think with the young people and what we're looking and talking about, they're probably going to be more inclined to look at that pathway because it shares the cost and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, I imagine it being tempting without yeah. looking yeah. at yeah. actually, can we live together? every day for the next two three years yeah, i was thinking about like the two the two boys that we got with the last oh, program that we're going to move in together <laughs> that's mental i was literally thinking that exact thing that's crazy then i started to think about jack's mates and then i'm because you was on bad doing yeah. it and i thought you could have the best mates in the world but living with someone can change that I, right there, there's only there is literally only one person i think that i could probably live with like i could say definitely and that's callum Smith. just because he's so like he's just not messy he's clean and he's just straight down all he does is want to go to work and right. make money okay. and he wants to chill but then you got you that's so messy so unclean <laughs> yeah no no that's absolutely right max but in that I relationship i did remove the a banana one. skin from the podcast room the other day <laughs> i did eat it i was saving it for later <laughs> a skin oh yeah i ate it yeah <laughs> oh wait you removed there was the skin. a banana and a skin Okay, but not separate. <laughs> they weren't separate. There was a full banana and a skin. That's yeah. right. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, I did leave the skin there. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'd say, like, maybe going back a little bit as well, just say, like, if it is, if you are thinking it's maybe out of reach, mm. once you start saving and you have got a little bit, just you can do it. Yeah. You just need to start it. You've got to really think yeah. about it. The hardest bit is actually if you plan a little bit mm. 
and you can understand. Cause I was well, what's the first thing they could do, Leon? The first thing they could do, what you said earlier, create a cash flow. Yeah. Even if it is pennies is coming in, yeah. or even if there's no money coming in, work out what you would potentially need as a goal and sort of start setting your sights on potentially earning yeah, that. I few, don't know. A few tips that I could give, um, which I've done, get a couple of different bank accounts. Um, so then like you can separate like your bills to your spending money. So then you've only got your card on you that you want to spend that you want to spend like your actual money on, uh, like your everyday money on. So if you're going to Greg's or something like that, and Ooh, then you, I've got a yeah, yeah, on that though. We've this just brought back a story from someone that I know personally. So this guy earned loads and loads and loads of money. Yeah, he's got the the scrap metal firm in in Biggleswade, um, and he, you're talking like twenty, thirty grand he had saved in the bank. He couldn't get a house. He had loads of money coming in, um, and this was going back about. 10 years or something but because the basically the bank said to him you're no, not no you've got trail. nothing you've got no paper trail like so you've no, never had a contract phone you've never had a credit card so what did he have to do he had to get a contract he had to get a credit card started paying his food shopping on the credit card mm. just to pay it off even though he didn't need a credit card just to be able to get a house because yeah. he wasn't on the paper trail but right? he should, he should yep. have been playing a game yeah got they got a, they you got don't a know that's so what i'm saying yeah, is yeah. if yeah. you haven't got a credit card not saying credit cards a bit of a I don't, it's a dodgy it's one to offer people to, to recommend because it can get you into someone never, never had one simple thing okay, like phone overdraft contracts, you've had overdraft yep. and you've had a contract mm -hmm. that's enough to create a paper trail of mm -hmm. yourself so mm -hmm. if you haven't got what something that yeah, maybe not a credit card direct debit get a i phone do not card. recommend <laughs> credit cards in any way shape or form phone contract yeah phone contract one contract, and if you are self-employed, I'm assuming he was. Yeah. You just make sure you've got your paper trails set up. So if you are planning, you might need to be planning like three or four years ahead if you have got that sort of that yeah. much money. So I guess I guess you know just to kind of wrap up a little bit here as well is what we're saying is that it's totally possible. It just takes a lot of planning, and I think what we hoped for with this podcast was to offer the perspective, like you know we've got rental, we've got shared ownership, we've got people thinking about doing it, and and not to be intimidated by the process and not to abandon the idea, I think, because, yeah. you know, we all, yeah. we all really like the fact that we've got properties or thinking about getting one. Um, and I think with you, Jack, it, I, I don't feel any resistance from you. I think you think it's totally possible. It's just not the right time at the moment yeah. kind of thing. So, um, you know, for those that are listening, it, it, is, it is possible. And maybe there's some unknown quantities coming up with kind of COVID and economy and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's a sense for me of just don't, don't dismiss it and don't avoid it as an idea because it seems so impossible. It just takes a sense of planning and asking people and maybe tapping up some, some relatives or yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. also no wrong way to do it, I suppose. If mm. you want to, whichever route you decide is like, be the right one. Like we say in everything, yeah, yeah. just don't go into it blind. Like, mm. literally, do a bit of research, do a little bit of reading, don't sign on the dotted line within the first flipping meeting or interview or whatever it is. Just literally, yeah, just just go into it with a little bit of savvy and a little bit of research. Yeah, one thing I would say as well, regardless of property or anything like that, the best way to save is as soon as you get that money, no matter how much it is, just put the tiniest bit away. Even if it's 50 quid, if that's all you can afford, just 50 quid, just put it to the side and forget about it. It's done. It's just there. And then just keep doing that. Yeah, you don't need the next Call of Duty game, really. Also, don't, oh, don't don't get yourself a dog until you you're fully comfortable because that is something that I did Google. The average cost of a dog <laughs> to own a dog is seventeen grand a year. Yeah, that's what seventeen Ooh. grand a year is that a year? Yeah, seventeen grand a year. So that's obviously food, the vet bills, and all that sort of stuff. And that's just the dog. The average cost of living for a family of four, for example, or for a family in the UK is <laughs> okay. I've changed it. Like no, 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 no. Ridiculous. <laughs> like it, that's a that's it. That's over a lifetime. Oh, sorry, it's lifetime, not a year. Yeah, yeah it's lifetime. <laughs> I was looking at that like, bub, 
What is wrong with that dog? Hey, he's got like hernias every couple of months. Straight from Google. No, it's not. Yes, that's a lifetime. It's a wolf. Seventeen grand for the lifetime, which is cool. I love the yeah. dogs, but but still, seventeen grand, man. But you want to get comfortable before you. You get a Hellcat for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, really, is uh, I say we're probably not experts on on this, mm. uh, but we are real people just going through real situations. Yeah. And so life happens. Trying to make it a little bit easier for other people. And right? yeah, like I said, it's, as life happens, it hits you in different ways and different. you'll end up taking different routes. But um, we've also seen that there's a lot of support, whether it's the schemes, the help to buy, yeah. whether it's the council, um, if you sort of need support in that way. There's so much mom support and dad. out there. Your mum and dad, mm. the family and friends and stuff. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's the only way that most a lot of people get through life is with the support from the elders above them. But not everyone's got that. And those that haven't, for someone like Sarah, for example, that got the support from the council when she come over, um, moved down from London, bless her, all them years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but she did, and she didn't have nothing. She had black bags and all this sort of stuff. She got kicked out. I don't want to go too deep because... Another day. <laughs> another, day. <laughs> another day. But she yeah, got not the support that she needed. Some people say, oh, there's no support out there. There mm. is. You've got to go it. the right way about it. Mm. Yeah. You've literally got, got to play it. the game, research. Maybe another day we'll come back to the nightmare neighbours as well. I know we banned oh, yeah. but let, let's yeah. leave that. I'm curious because I'm curious about a subject of living with other people, you know, neighbours or whatever, and that, that gamble element that to it That would take as well. a whole podcast. So that will be another one. one. Be I look forward podcast. to that. Watch this space. Yeah, All right, man. shall we finish All up? Cool. Thanks for listening. Nice. See you soon.